This is episode 299 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dio Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel. Say something. Fire in the hatch, Manzano. Hello. There is fire, kind of, sort of, right there. Slow clap. I mean, I have no idea what you wanted. You're like, say something. Will scrambling on the assault engagement, Haywood. It's my favorite scenario. <laughs> and Ryan, 33rd year around the sun, Staniszewski. Yes, today is my birthday. And on my birthday, my son was so nice enough to uh, first time stand up on his own from a seated Ooh. position. That's awesome. And then he also did some walking between mom and dad. We were all very, very happy. So he's like, who knows, tomorrow or in a couple days, next week, he'll be running around the entire house and we can't catch him. Soon. Soon. This is, uh, this, is the, this is the next level, my friend. Here it comes. Mobility. True mobility. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like speed crawling was like, man, he's, he's going. But I can't even imagine what he gets going on when he's actually standing on two legs running, just full speed. Like, all my brain goes to is, what is he going to fall face forward into? Many things! The answer is many <laughs> things, Ryan. Right. He's already shown when he's, when he's like, fallen from standing up that he's catching himself with two hands. So I'm like, uh, I, you got that already. He's got Thank some instincts. You. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well our podcast episode is brought to you by our gold squadron patrons thank you so much for your amazing support so um announcements and news is where i want to start with and for most of you this is uh, this announcement and new news is uh, probably going to be unexpected and kind of random but i wanted to bring it up because tis the time to bring it up we're we're in the ramp up to worlds i think ryan you said we had three weeks and two days is that right no, one month and two days. One month and two days. All right. Yeah, because so March twenty second is the first official day of Adepticon. Not the first official day we'll play, but I'm I'm gonna be, I'm traveling on the twenty second. I'm gonna be there on the twenty second. So that's already start of worlds for me. Very true. So we're gonna be. This is we're we're on the road now to worlds with our content. And an unexpected thing that I want to announce here is Gold Squadron Paint Wars live at worlds 2023 now let me explain what i mean and what i'm talking about so you guys understand um as you know we did season one of gold squadron paint wars and it was very fun we had a great time uh made some cool content and uh, we had sh we have ships and things for a second season um we recorded a lot of things the painters recorded a lot of things, uh, but unfortunately, due to I don't know I don't know if you guys remember the uh, Galactic Championship, the day where my computer completely died. Do you remember this? On that day, we lost a significant amount of the uh, the video footage. It either was gone or corrupted. I have about a third of it. I got about a third of it where it works. I tried to send a hard drive to get repaired uh, so they could try to do some data recovery. We got one video working, mostly. It's kind of like glitchy and stuff like that. But uh, 
essentially we didn't have we don't have the season two worth of of paint wars of the videos so i got put in a weird situation and had to decide how to move forward because paint wars in and of itself is an extremely expensive endeavor and to go back and ask people to record again and do all this stuff uh it was just not feasible already, and I'm just being very candid with with you as an audience. Uh, the paint wars was something I wanted to do for fun to get cool prizes made, uh, but it just it ended up not being worth it. It just was very expensive, uh, and in the end, just costs way too much money. We lost a significant portion uh, of our of our revenue due to paint wars. But I have these amazing ships. They're literally sitting, okay, right in this black box. Right, right outside of the camera, it just in their boxes, they've been lying in wait. So I just say, you know what? World is going to be at Adepticon. Let me just hold on for a minute. Here's the plan. They're going to be in a display case at the World Championships. We're going to have, and I'm going to release pictures of them and everything. They're going to be on the GSP table, all right? So people can get a look at them in person. We're going to have some online voting, and that is how we're going to determine the winners for each of those episodes quote-unquote episodes for those so there'll be three of each ship we'll have a little place card there that says what the theme was um and just be able to give a shout out to each of those painters and um i i want to get their amazing work out there and uh it's just been a lot of uh, a lot of stress on my part because i know that the painters have been a little disappointed not even a little uh, significantly disappointed asking questions like when when where what um um, and it's just, I've been at a loss. I've spent way more money than I probably should have trying to recover files, uh, to get, to get it fixed. Um, when being told that I should probably stop already and I didn't. So at this point I'm, I'm going to cut the losses, but since we're revealing all the ships, you know what we can do at worlds guys, you know what we can do? We can give some of those away. Oh, I, I thought we'd do like a, a live, like, view, live stream ourselves talking about them, taking a look at them for the first time, full reveal. To the oh, I would love, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. We're gonna, we have to plan that part. But, uh, but yeah, at the end, why not? Why not give some of them away, right? So, super excited about it. Ghost Squadron Paint Wars Live will be a part of uh, of what's going on at Adepticon. Aside from all the the official X-Wing coverage that we have there. Um, we have the hall for more than just the time X-Wing's playing, so let's let's have some fun with that time. Um, but yeah, that is the update on that for me. If you were a participant in Paint War Season 2, you know that your stuff hasn't been shown. Now you know the glory will be there, and uh, it'll be tons of fun. All right, so... This week, we got three different topics we're going to be hitting. We're going to be talking about Sector Series, the update there going into the cut, some Worlds Prep, and some very important, important Worlds Prep when it comes to making sure you have the right components when it comes to the World Championships, and maybe having an understanding, even if you're not attending Worlds, having an understanding of what the expectations are at this type of tournament, especially with AMG starting to really 
take over and um, and this is their their first world championship how they're going to run things and then uh, we for fun calling it the boogeyman of the week what is a pilot that uh, that you're probably going to see at worlds let's talk about what are some list building partners that are going to be with that pilot what do they do what can you do against them do you have a hope we'll find out all right sector series we'll start there today I had to go through, and for Sector Series, we're taking the top four from each of the sectors to make our final top 16. Now, the way that the event was structured, we have a bunch of people in, in different, different numbers of people in each of the sectors, which means that it's going to be inconsistent. So, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Sector 1. Will, who's our top three, our guaranteed top three for Sector 1? Well, I know one of them because uh, it's me. <laughs> uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to go five and zero. Um, but let me pull up uh, the others. So uh, we have uh, Killer Beer Duck. Uh, then we have uh, Sunset Cyber from Hangar Nineteen. Uh, coming in with also uh, five wins, zero losses. Uh, we have Saldo uh, at four wins, one tie. Raptor Ritter, uh, very own James at four and one tie. And Sparkle Lord uh, with four and one tie uh, as well. Uh, so that made then the bottom two. Uh, Raptor Ritter and Sparkle Lord have to face off in the wild card round uh, to be able to fill in that fourth spot. All right. And Ryan, what about Sector 2? Sector 2, we had a clean top four. Who's making it there? Sector 2, we have Wynand. We have Value Pick Squadron, which I believe um, is the LVO champ. Um, uh, Chopper uh, and Worms. Worms, I think, was also the LVO finalist. LVO finalist. So yes. we have two people, <clears throat> the two people potentially representing <clears throat> the final of LVO who made it into Sector 2 uh, Final Four. All right. And Marcel, what about Sector 3? Let's unmute. Uh, sector three. I don't know these people. Maybe, maybe I do. Uh, I don't know these people. So it's going to be Obi Juan. Uh, so Obi Juan, Juan is uh, flying the well, flew the Republic at some point, I guess. Um, then you have JB Fancourt with um, Obi Juan going five and zero. Oh. JB Fancourt flying some scum saladish kind of thing with four wins and one loss uh alm of the deep that sounds super familiar that's that's uh steve catillo Catillo. Oh, there you go i'm like okay, <laughs> that's why it's so familiar there I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I think i know that guy uh, so you did one know flying. one it turns out you did know one uh, yeah i did know one um flying uh well at some point flying double desi and uh i, I guess vader and then Ken Grory, uh, also going four and one. It's a clean top four with um, some type of, uh, actually, yeah, looks like 
um, some Typhos, three Typhos, uh, I am guessing, um, three Typhos and two TIE Silencers, it looks like, at least by the by the shapes there. Mm-hmm. All right, now we got to talk about Sector 4, because Sector 4 is our problem child, all right? So, um... Disqualify them. <laughs> all of them. Sector 4, eliminated. We'll, we'll do like the Empire did. You've been decommissioned. I'm sorry. All right? So, um... All, uh, all, all fun aside here, uh... What ended up happening is with the rules for sector series that I put in place, we did a we called it a modified top four for each of the sectors when it came to figuring out who is going to play in the wild card round to then pare it down to a top four. Uh, but we ended up with eleven people tied for fourth place, essentially, when it came to the event points tiebreaker um and it, i had to make a bunch of decisions and figure out how how to with enough time to get sector series done before worlds and respecting people's time and not switching things too crazy um you know right away figure out how to get a top four so what we're going to end up doing is the following we will have two wild card weeks Okay, this week for sector one, we, the only one games needs to be played in order to figure that out. Sector two and three are going to end up having two bye weeks essentially. So, uh, and then in sector four, there's going to be two rounds of play. Now here is the the part that it broke my heart. It broke my heart even so much. Uh, I went and I I uh, apologize uh, with uh, with a fun drawing here. Let me go ahead and uh, and pull it up for you guys all right if you guys are familiar with familiar with the trolley problem okay so um <laughs> so Coriton was the third ranked player who was five and zero in swiss and in order to get it done in two weeks to get it down to a top four our third ranked player had to play all right and basically i said hey sos better but I, I, I'm choosing – if I was choosing my champion for Sector Series, it's Coratin now. I believe in him, all right? But it does mean that he has to play two games. He has to play two more games to get into the top four. But also our first and second seed also need to play a game. But they, they're going to play in the second week of the bye weeks in order to figure out if they make the top four or not. After that, we will end up – Back to a top four, set, ready to go, and then we will end up planning the uh, the top 16. Now, what will end up happening there is we'll find out who will not only be the winner of sector series, but also what sector ends up winning, where essentially my plan for pairings is to do it kind of team-based where uh the people in each sector are representing their sector so you will not play somebody ideally if, if, if i'm gonna pair it correctly you won't play somebody from your sector in the first round of the top 16 and probably not the second round after that it's impossible to not make that happen but uh should be fun should be a good time. Excited to see how that culminates in crowning our sector champion. And then the following week, we crown a world champion. And that will be the end of the X-Wing season as we get ready 
for the next one. Should be a good time. Was that clear, guys? Was that not at all? Not at all. Well, I mean, I don't expect you to pay attention to what I'm saying. It makes sense. Got it. Uh, sector, cool. sector four has uh, two more rounds of Swiss. Is essentially more or less what it breaks down down to. Yep. <laughs> that's that's exa that's exactly. I know some people were like, "Oh, it doesn't feel fair." I was like, ah, it's essentially more Swiss rounds, but everybody else doesn't have to play. All right. I'm glad those of you who played, of course, had fun. All right, let's jump into our world championship uh, prep here. Ryan, I'll let you go ahead and uh, and lead this. Pass the baton. So basically some um, documentation came out provided by our judges from Worlds. Uh, directly was communicated to uh, X-Week communities all around by Josh Taylor, who is one of the world's judges. These are specifically the 2023 X-Wing Worlds component guidelines. Components as in what you normally bring to your games, your ships, your dials, your templates, your tokens, your dice, everything you would bring with you to an event. So with this goes into detail, section by section, through a table description, uh, I mean, I can go word by word, Dion, if you want me to start reading or you know, can summarize I, it up. I, I, let's, let's start with the summary, and if any questions come up between us, we can we can dig a little bit. Sure. So I basically, I highly recommend everyone should go read this, every part of it. It is it will important. Be, if There's you're going listening, to be something you're going to miss if you don't read all of it, and it's going to hurt you. It's, it's, it may hurt you. If you're listening, this will be linked in the description. It'll be the top thing. So, basically, on uh, there, there's sort of two set rules right now, because there, as Dion is fully aware of and has probably already been made aware of, there are stream game um, guidelines and there are every other game going on guidelines. As in, what the judges are actually able to police and make sure of and verify on a on a uh, reasonable scale. Um, and then also make sure what they can enforce and what's required to be enforced by AMG or Asmodee rules. So whether this deals with your plastic ship bases and pegs, your ship tokens, the actual ship models themselves, because some people do like to paint and customize their ships. There are guidelines in here as to how far you can take that, what's acceptable. Uh, cards, ship, pilot, upgrade, condition, everything across the board. Official, alt art, etc. Um, basically, across the board, your 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 best assumption is everything you bring with you should be an F original FFG or AMG official um, component or prize earned piece. So, as an example, if you have a set of acrylic templates made by some company and you had them put some cool logos for your local squadron on there and you're going on stream you're going to need to use a, a set of templates that Dion, feel free to let us know after discussing um, how much your table on stream is going to have with and provide um, in case you know anyone comes up doesn't have said things 
my original assumption was, but I, as I as I've told people this as well, I can't hundred percent speak for you, but you will have sets of tokens and templates and dice that are just the the most official ones there. We we are the plan is to have two sets of everything. Um, in a perfect world, I would have more than two because things walk away. But but um, that's you know it gets more and more expensive to do uh, some of those things. You know, especially I'm having to go out and get some official template sets and things like that that uh, aren't in our inventory for stuff like that. So um, you know, there we, we will have things available for y'all to use uh to be on stream because one of my worries originally when they were saying i was like well dion everything has to be perfect it's like well can a player just bring what they have and some of the third party and they were like "Ah." they're basically they're asking very i'm talking about amg i'm gonna be very direct here amg is like listen use our stuff only please Essentially, so I'm in the place of like being okay, all right, cool, 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 cool. In an emergency, if a uh, you know a non-official thing shows up, you're not gonna get me fired or anything. It's gonna be okay. We're just gonna do our best to make sure that we, you know, we we, we do as AMG has requested. Yeah, best best solution. If you have doubts about anything, have any questions, get in contact with one of the judges or get in contact, whether it's now or at the event, right? Especially for on stream, just assume whatever you're using is going to be whatever Dion provides. Um, Some people, like Will, Marcel, myself, actually probably more players than you think, um, have templates from previously earned events, whether it was hyperspace trials before COVID when they had those frosted blue templates, system open templates, dice from worlds past, etc., etc. All that stuff is still official alternate promo prized items that can still be, correct me if I'm wrong, Dion, on your street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they that, all are that stuff's one fine. of the official things prized in the past. Yeah, my my plan, my my thought for ease of of ease of for me (laughs) as a broadcaster and also for consistency is asking saying hey if you can can you just use my stuff minus the ships of course and the cards those those things but if you could use my templates my dice and the tokens that we have there for you we should be good like that's that's the that's gonna be my request if If you have alt arts um you best bring your original card also yes um if you which you should have been already right like that's something you should have already been doing but just as a reminder for people who haven't been to events like this in a while at this official level you need to have the original card with you if you're also bringing your alt art and it's it for some people they may ask you to make sure you have the official card out in like if you have a card sleeve and you got the alt art in front because that's what you want to show because it's really cool the official sleeved behind it don't be surprised if you have certain people like, could you sleep the official in front? It's easier to recognize me to read, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, the errata reference document on AMG's X-Wing Documents website, if you have a pilot that is on that, or upgrade that is on that errata sheet, print out the print, 
that print in the print and play available um, document that it is that has the what we're used to only bringing is the whisper temp, um, basis, the tie whisper basis. But for people who like, so here's some very popular pilots <clears throat> that people will have to print and play and have with them. Anakin 7B, Captain Faroff, Zir. Is all those ailerons? They're all different now than they used to be. Um, and there's plenty of other cards that people could need to reprint. Contraband Cybernetics would need mm -hmm. a reprint, even though I think the only thing that changed on it is your charge cannot be recovered. So make sure you have, even if it's just, I print it on my crappy printer, but I have it like just to cut it, cut it out and sleeve it into the, the card that I have that it's the original version, whatever, do that. Get in touch with other people that you know, they may be looking at printing that normally do alt art prints for your community. Get in touch with them, see if they want to do just a run of locals that you're having or people that you're meeting up with at worlds that want to print out some nicer versions of those cards and do that um i think the most common things people are concerned about though are their own templates when they're not on stream and their own mm -hmm. tokens when they're not on stream so to go over those directly range and maneuver templates and tools at non-stream tables so official components but maneuver templates must have center lines Excuse me. So to clarify, there are older versions of uh, templates that people have won in the past that don't have the center line. You need to have the center line. So you couldn't use those ones. I know there were services in the past people used to get their old templates, had their center lines engraved into them by certain companies or people who could do that. I would get in touch with a with a judge. They may require it to be officially printed and made once and not people making their own center lines, yep. no matter how close or accurate they try to be. Just get with the judge to make sure. Um, you, you want you want to make sure, you know, this, some random person is not just taking a Sharpie and going, okay, good enough. Exactly. <laughs> um, one and a half range rule may be printed at the correct size from the errata. So the, what we had been using in the past to help determine the center objective point, that <clears throat> range, what, four and a half, right? Five and a half? Yeah. Um, third party range and maneuver templates and tools are permitted so long as they match the dimensions of the official components and comply with the tournament regulations and Adepticon rules, including the approval of the event organizer. So if you're planning on bringing a set that's not official, that's third-party made, um, make sure double-check tournament regulation documents and double-check the Adepticon rules directly themselves outside of this document here. But at base, make sure you check it against any other templates you own if something's off probably wouldn't bring it or use it um check it with other templates other people own um and obviously check with you know and if you're bringing a third party set of templates bring an official set of some capacity just in case because if you go up to the event organizer and they tell you i'm sorry you can't use these because x reason uh whether it is oh your three turns a little bit off here could you please replace that with something else or 
you or multiple parts of the template. Like you should have a backup if you're bringing a third party set, just in case the event organizer finds something that doesn't line up with your set. If you mm -hmm. can't uh, figure out, you know, with your own testing to make sure they're they're aligned. But even then, the event organizer has to check them. Uh, for tokens, for tokens. Uh, calculate focus evade, reinforce disarm, jam, tractor, cloak, stress, ion, critical damage, lock, deplete, and strain. Official components, obviously, third-party versions are permitted, so long as the tokens, charges, markers, counters, and indicators that are used are clear to as to what they represent. Do not interfere with gameplay and otherwise comply with tournament regulations and Adepticon rules. So here's a good example of what not to bring. I have a token that is a giant, like, uh, comic book saying, it's saying bubble, and it says maximum effort. I love using that for my Scorched Stress, but I'm not going to use that as a stress token because it clearly, someone, if they walk by the table, like, what's that token for? They don't know. Like, it's just a red token that says maximum effort on it. It could have been... Um, DT straining. It could have been scorched stressing. It could have been a multitude of things. That's not a token that would be acceptable. So it needs to clearly be identified as what it does, what it is. It doesn't interfere with play and complies with term regulations and Adepticon rules. So cross-reference that to be sure. So essentially, if a token... So here's, here's how I interpret this. If a token doesn't have the symbol for which it is representative, you probably shouldn't be using it, right? Yep. For, for the tournament so like similar similar to yourself i uh, i've used i mean it, you know something as simple as like uh like a darth vader little toy as a target lock you know something like that like that would not f for worlds does not fly you it needs to be a target lock shape make it very clear and the biggest reason is so that a judge can walk by look at your table and know exactly what's going on and not have to ask any questions unless you're being yep. sloppy that's different but yeah they, they don't <laughs> like especially a judge even even this even a, a regular x-wing spectator could walk by and be like all right i know what all those tokens mean yeah no problem now so i'll probably get this clarified myself because uh the only set of tokens that i have actually i have two now that i think about it that um would be questionable that i might want to look make sure i grab my originals um i think this one probably won't fly is crossroads made calculate tokens that are literally just tiny little icons that look like calculators so it's the same green circle but it shows calculator on it, not the calculate eyeballs. I'm probably going to think that one won't fly, even though it's supposed yep. to, you know, people will make tokens like that. They're like a play on words mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, I'm probably going to stay away from that one. Yeah. But my target lock stuff I got from Curlpaw, as an example. They have a number that goes on the base plate. Oh, I have one through six. Um, I have target locks that are red. Um, the, basically, the base... Um, um, indicator itself is all I need. There's no token you need to have for your original. Yep. So, should I or can I bring the red target lock tokens if they have the corresponding number 
and they might be a slightly different shape, but they're still red, which is helpful. And they still denote the same number that I have as the base indicator on my ship. Um, I'm probably going to double check with the event organizer for that, just because they're not exactly like the, the lock tokens. They were third party. Mm -hmm. And they're numbered uh, just one through six instead of using the plethora of extra numbers and stuff we have right now. Yep. My guess is generally going to be okay, but if if I'm questioning it, I'm going to double check. Yeah, from from my understanding, those are fine because there was a one through six released, right? Like air, that does that does exist. It's a square, um, and it 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 works it fits that profile that's the big part too so people got to remember it's not only the color of tokens the actual shape matters by rules as well circle tokens go away at the end phase square tokens hang around that's why even no matter what color they are it matters also because as we know you could have a all our green tokens that we've seen are all circular they go away at the end phase but all our orange tokens are circular. They go away at the end phase also. But orange and green, different color, mean different things, and they use different effects based upon their actual um, iconography. But the shapes is what denotes what change, what continues on into the next phase. And um, I would say, I saw somebody say, what about Space Jam tokens? I think you can get away with a Space Jam token. It's a circle, mostly. Circle with the ring. It has a jam symbol in the middle. It's pretty obvious what it is, in my opinion. But again, ask the event organizer. Not me. I'm just a streamer. Um, I know I saw some people pop up in the chat like, what about, like, can I wear, like, a, a GSP shirt? Can I wear my Hexiled Squadron shirt? Can I wear my a Black Sun symbol? Yeah, what, what you wear, your squad box, they can't, th 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 that's fine. You're good. You don't have to worry about any of that. I know you might have stickers that have different symbols on them. Maybe you, you wear a Spider-Man t-shirt. That's cool. What, that That's fine. Um, yeah. So I just want to clarify that because I did see that question pop up several times about this is we're talking about only what ends up on the board. What if I just want to wear Speedos and flip-flops with Darth Vader on the booty? That might that sounds fall like more under... of a question for Adepticon themselves. <laughs> <laughs> but if you got to the X-Wing table, we were assuming at that point you, you would have been stopped prior. Yeah. Um, uh, Any other chat-based questions or Will or Marcel, anything else? I meant Marcel, you're gonna have to replace oh, like all your tokens, bro. Like all yeah, of them. I, I don't. I throw out literally throw out all my cardboard. So yeah, I'm. I don't know what I'm gonna uh, do. Okay, I'm gonna. The this is like the um, out of everything that I heard, I think the one that that's kind of the stickiest point for me is the whole target lock thing. Because for example, I have um, you know, for myself and Caleb, we're both gonna fly multiples of the same ship. And we use like the, the like the numbers on it, like number one, two, three, four, five, and then we use uh, target locks that are numbered one, two, three, four, five, but they're not square and red. They're you know they're acrylic, and they go with you know they're they're part of the set. You have you have the the arc indicator, the little circle, the the 
the little token that goes on the player uh, on the pilot card so it's all connected it's, it's also it, there's very clear it sounds what, like what. something that you need to reach out for the event organizer for yeah because i mean like if i article, yeah i mean it's, so, 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 so that's what i'm saying like it, it'll get kind of tricky because it's 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 pretty straightforward what it is but it's not technically what, what's I, i'd say yeah. when in doubt or what you know ask the event organizer i i can't say like from my perspective how you're describing it I think it makes. I think I can see an argument either way, but I think it would probably err on the side of if it's probably fine. Um, worst case, did grab, um, I walked away some... for a second? Um, while I walked away, did did they cover the uh, the whisper base? Uh, let's see. I yes. am planning uh, I, well, I didn't specifically go into that, but I can read it right here. Um, under the ship token section, which is the second one down, only official components. Sounds like makes a ton of sense. Um, they specifically denote for the Thai Whisper. Players may, I mean to be a, use a Nantex token with the same initiative or another FO ship token with the same initiative as the pilot being played. The player should make it clear to their opponent before the start of their round what each ship token is being used for. When they say or, token, they mean like the... The base yeah, plate. The ship base. The base plate, yeah. Yeah, the base plate. So you, so you could use a Nantex with the same initiative. So chair tech for nightfall they're both i4 um or regret for kylo um uh, yeah that, that'll be interesting because uh between kayla and i we're flying seven whispers so jesus so we're gonna run yeah but out. you can you can just use tie you can use tie uh, sfs it'll be funny it'll be like scorch is actually this and that is actually that what you could also do is or print replacement ship tokens printed at the correct size from the errata x-wing reference documents you can print got it crazy glue um and must check with and receive event organizer approval with the replacement ship tokens from the printing place um marcel if you got if you got that many whispers you may want to use use the other ship tokens that you have but like check with check with it uh get in touch with like chris allen or josh taylor chris sheriff Tim, uh, how to pronounce his last name starts with H. Uh, they talked about in Fly Better, they had a whole list together, but Chris Allen's probably your main point man right now. And see if you could be allowed to even just take like a small piece of like tape you can write on and put it over the name. And if you could write or print out like a, a sticking print label as to what pilot it is over top of the name so the initiative is correct the base obviously arcs and everything won't be exactly the same unless it's nantex but then it won't be shaded green like fo is um just so it can make it quicker for your opponent to know which is which based upon even on the ship plate itself it's already the name is on there yeah i i, I ended up getting some of those uh from that they were that were going around in europe where somebody printed like uh cardboard thickness from the original so I'm, 
I'm guessing those will be fine, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Chris. Then the other thing that I don't know if you guys covered, but I remember hearing um, from the Fly Better page um, is I know that a lot of people like to use like Legos and other things. And if it's not if it's not a game piece, it's not supposed to be on the board. Period. End yeah, of story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Got it. Not only on right, the stream, but Duncan. just across the board, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, when I was saying something about like their social media person wants to take pictures and stuff like that and can't yep. be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When on stream, players are expected to only use official items. items that are clearly branded from other trademarked franchises, such as Lego characters, Harry Potter, Star Trek, etc., will not be allowed to appear. The player will be asked to use alternatives provided by the event. Um, here's another one, actually, because if you remember a while ago, towards Last Worlds, maybe the end uh, or before COVID, a lot of times people have gotten used to the <coughs> practice of offering to share dice. Mm. There's a little clause in here talks about sharing. Players can request to share components, but players are not required to share components unless required to do so by the event organizer. Stream players may be required to share components. So I haven't actually directly asked Chris this yet to know, because I know it was common practice for people to, um, or it became a common practice for some people just ask if they'd like to share dice. Um, and then usually the way I do it is I'd offer if we want to share and then let my opponent decide what set, whether it was mine or theirs. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't specifically call it dice. It's just components to share. Um, I could, I, there's, there, I assume there is sometimes a solution where a event organizer or judge may come by if there's a question about a template discrepancy between yeah, just make one share, player right? and another. And make them share, yes. Actually, that, that happened to me. Um, 2018 Worlds, in my top eight game against Simeon, um, I was, it's like, they, they, they pulled aside my, like, templates and someone came by to check them against Simeon's and, like, I was like, what did I do wrong? I just got these from a regional <laughs> win at some point. Um, and, yeah, they, they double-checked, like, both our templates and a couple of them because there was a question about it. And they said, for the rest of the match, only use one set of the templates. So that could happen um, if there's if a judge sees a weird discrepancy or someone notices a discrepancy between two sets of templates that are the same, um, then a judge may say, hey, you guys should use these sets of templates for the rest of the game for both of you. All right. So those are those. Uh, those are all the components all the things you gotta bring um yeah dial covers can be modified replaced it must be clear what maneuver it is man so essentially here's my suggestion if you're planning on it, so i understand the the desire to use like acrylic rather than cardboard i get it okay if you plan on making a purchase to if you need to buy acrylic from somebody do it ASAP I know for sure that 
of two companies that they are being slammed with orders right now. And if you want your stuff on time, you should get an order in ASAP. I just, I'm just going to give you a little peek behind the curtain. Okay? So if you needed to buy new tokens that fit this because you use action figures for all of your tokens instead of anything that represents a token, t the time is now. Just a heads up. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about when it comes to components? Bombs and devices, we haven't really seen too much of issues when it comes to that. Um, scenario, uh, scenario markers, we are allowed to use the ones from the Epic, right? And actually, this was one that I, I looked for really quickly because I got a really nice set of them um, made for me and a group of our players. Um, let me, go, let me find the actual, yeah, scenario feature markers. So, on stream, official components, um, maybe printed at correct size. So, Dion, um, I, how are you just printing out and putting on some nice cardstock, essentially, for the scenario markers? So, I'm going to be using the ones from the Epic set, because I have Oh, them. Epic set. Yeah, the Epic set is – I noticed that this is not the most up-to-date one is because it's missing that uh, that part in there. But I'm, I'm obviously a part of the planning crew for Worlds. We were talking about it, and the most up-to-date version has that. The, um, the scenario ones from Epic are valid. Those are legal mm -hmm. to use. So for non-stream tables – Third-party versions are permitted so long as they are the correct size and shape. Do not interfere with gameplay and comply with tournament regulations and Adepticon rules. Each round, players be required to agree upon a set of markers to use. If they cannot agree, players shall call a judge for a neutral set. So, um, if you have a third-party set, uh, make sure it complies with tournament regulations and Adepticon rules, and they have to be the correct size. Um, I'd really hope that you have the correct size if you bought from a third-party company. If that third-party company got you the wrong size, so, oops. <laughs> so, because I know, obviously, not a lot of people wanted to buy just the Epic conversion kit just for those. Yep. And a lot of people aren't a big fan of print-and-play stuff. So they went third-party for these, uh, like I did and many others. And I really like my set that's got a little bit of felt on the bottom. It's nice and thin, so it doesn't interfere with a ton of play. It's not too thick. And the only thing I have to double check and make sure about is they have a crate symbol on it. So I need to know whether or not that's okay. I've never seen that in Star Wars. It's just a random skull. It's <laughs> um, Is there... A reference to, uh, like, how you keep score for your game. Mm -hmm. Do so, uh, I know a lot of people have, like, battles for, for it. Uh, in the, I don't know if it's just the Epic Conversion Kit, or but there's also print and play. There are victory tokens that are part of the game right now. They're black and yellow. Um... I know I'm pretty sure Curlpaw makes acrylic versions and they're like the they exact do. ones which should like be perfect they should be much of an issue because they are 
correct size, iconography across the board. Um, there's those which I've used myself to, if there's a side of them that's one and the side that's three. Um, as far as I'm aware, uh, in conversations I've seen and been part of with other judges, I and double check with them, but printed score sheets, there should be no problem keeping those to keep track of your games between players so that you don't have to make sure that, oh, did I did I, did I do my token right the last round? Do I need to flip it to the three side versus adding a one or a two or whatever? I still highly recommend if you want to bring or have a, a, a notepad of some type, whether it's a preset score sheet style notepad or literally just a notebook style, just to say, hey, here's my points, here's my opponent's points, here's round one through whatever, and just points each round, total points is this current status, I would highly recommend still having that with you. Absolutely. Tokens, charges. Trying to think if there was anything else that I wanted to bring up in this document. Because I mean, it's it's a lot to think about. Make sure you have enough charges. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, yes. It, it sounds it sounds dumb, but like I brought out my one of my lists recently, and I looked at. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I got enough official charges here, and I put all my charges out, and I'm like, nope. I can't exactly use these OCX beer can charge tokens <laughs> to fill out the rest of my charges. So I might need a couple cardboards or find some other charge tokens that are in my drawer of random organized play stuff. So, again, this document will be linked at the top of the description if you're watching this later, whether it's on YouTube or on your favorite podcast listening app. We'll have it there and make sure that you check it out because you don't, man, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be the person who gets wrecked at Worlds because you just, you're like, oh, I wanted to use my Lego figurines as target locks and now you're out of luck because here here is the issue right because they said like Chris is being very kind very kind and saying like uh, like you know there's this these clauses here and there to say like they'll be provided if necessary if enough people mess up right enough people don't bring what they got to they're going to be like well I guess you can't play can you like that's just that is the realistic solution. You didn't bring your stuff, you're DQ'd. And I know that sounds real harsh, but I want to avoid. I want to put the fear in you to avoid anybody doing that. I want you to be safe. I want you to be safe, Marcel. I sat through this uh, whole thing, and I actually listened to the Fly Better one as well. I still don't know. I have no idea what's going on. So I want to take an over under on me getting disqualified. Yes. No. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I guess yes, yes, you're, already, you're already disqualified. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Uh, the over under, I guess, would have to be warnings to disqualification, right? How many, how many, dis how many warnings before disqualification? Well, so if Dion's situation comes to pass, as an uh -huh. example, and you're not it's one of the warnings. people. Well, the, well, so I don't think it's like a warning thing. It's a, you don't have your components to play. No, I know. So but, you don't just like, there's no like warning. Oh, no, you still don't have your components warning. 
you can get disqualified by getting warnings and you can just get disqualified by all is you know it's like soccer you know in soccer you go sure. out you get a yellow card and then another yellow card it's a red but if you do something flagrant it's like straight to the red um so i might just go straight to the red or i might take the yellow card route to disqualification but yeah i think the yellow card route's more of an attitude thing and not an official component thing though <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah i guess I could add it to it too. Well, make it happen. Don't get don't get DQ, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a tough ask. Just be just be a good boy. That's all we're asking. Just be a good boy. All right. All uh, all all fun aside, seriously, guys, make sure that you just double check that stuff so that you don't wreck yourself. We want you to be okay. All right, now let's talk about. Our boogeyman of the week. Well, who's our boogeyman of the week? Uh, this week we are looking at Darth Vader's. Um, Darth Vader comes in four different kinds, um, but we'll probably focus on the pilots for this week. We're talking the Battle of Yavin. Uh Darth Vader in the uh, customized X1 and uh, that nine point defender Vader. Now, uh, if you've seen most Imperial lists, uh, they have one of these Vaders among them, uh, unless they're going full time. But uh, these Vaders can be extremely problematic. They're very powerful pieces. That's why a lot of people are gravitating towards Vader in this uh, environment uh, that we are playing the game in. Now, uh, for you guys, let me ask you before we start uh, going too deep into them. Of those three or four Vaders, what do you think is the most difficult one to play against? Some of the most difficult one, not the most likely to be seen. That's true. I think I think those are yeah. different questions. Yeah, those right. are, those are most different answers. Excuse me. For me, is one hundred percent going to be Defender Vader? Is mm -hmm. the most difficult one to deal with? Yeah. Um, why? Mm -hmm. uh, seven health um, hits like a dump truck uh, is got a, a lot of flexibility in the choices on how to how to load itself out and uh, focus of eight every turn. I mean, it's, it's basically focus of eight every turn. You can throw four dice from range two and three if you go with that. The juke, I mean... It's, it's just it's just an offensive beast, and it is extremely difficult to actually kill. Even if uh, I mean, you need sustained firepower plus uh, blocking, so you need to be able to block it or stress it, and to get it to um, not be tokened up because of those free evades, and because it has three agility and seven health. I mean, you you, you guys know how well, hard it is to kill well, a simple tie fighter sometimes. So. We'll get more into it, uh, yeah, specifics so, here, but that, well, that's me why. The, no, 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 I, no, I understand. So, I think I, I agree. If you're just taking Vader in a vacuum, 100% mm. the Defender Vader is more difficult to deal with. 
every other I-6 hates seeing Defender Vader because he can square up to you and trade with you much better than you can more likely trade with them. You know, Poe and Poe and Anakin 7B do not want to see the range one trade there because they have two agility versus his three and being defender chassis. <laughs> um, they have to evade their way around him. Uh, Django's a medium base. He's going to get four dice every turn possible. Um, you have... in uh, the other Vaders, X1s, um, and they might be able to shrug off some damage here and there, but... Um, I mean, Defender Vader can hunt other other Ace as well, but he can also just deal damage to other opponents' lists well. X ones don't have an evade action. That's, yeah, and that's that's well. Like normally, maybe. your seven point could opt for Debris Gambit. I've seen those. Maybe an option. Um, if you were talking about which one I'd rather deal with with the list they bring around them, maybe a different discussion. But. At least in a vacuum, only uh, talking about the Vader itself, 100% Defender Vader. I would want to see the least. Okay, so let's. Uh, I like the the way you guys are approaching this. Uh, that uh, it sounds like there's something that makes then uh, the X1 Vaders uh, easier to deal with. Is it just the evade, um, or is it? Uh, uh, something else. Well, it's that blocking or jamming uh, mutes their offense, especially the uh, the. Um, You're talking about the later. removal of the target lock. Yeah, taking the target lock away. Because target if lock. you block, if you block Defender Vader, um, all you're doing is basically giving it a stress and. Um, taking away the evade token, but that's seven health behind three agility. So you're still gonna you're gonna have to do that multiple times in order to kill it. The in the other ones, it's gonna be the block is gonna say no target lock action. So now you're have a Vader that has a two die, maybe three die gun. So it's 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 a huge. Um, it's it's much easier to deal with because if if you get a block in there. It, it, or if you get it stressed or jammed, it, it debilitates it. I think while <clears throat> a jam is a is a strong uh, usage against the X1 Vaders, I think um, Yavin, Boy Vader, uh, as long as he gets to range one, I mean, with, with his ability being almost exactly like Defender Vaders, just he can use his force on defense, means uh, he just prints hits. He prints <laughs> successful results. Like, at least Control with, P, baby! <laughs> I, that's, what, yeah. that's what Defender Vader does. That's what X1... That, that's what Boy Vader does. Like, even though they're, they might not be throwing their three at range... I mean, you don't, you don't want to be in the situation where your Yavin Vader is throwing two dice at range two or three. It's mm -hmm. not really what you want to do. But if he can get to range one, he's printing three hits as long as he has, you know, two force most, most of the time, even without the lock. Yeah, so let me ask you, Dion, what do you think some ways that we could uh, list build to start combating these Vaders? They seem very uh, both offensive and defensive capable, um, plus they have that high initiative. So the 
one of the things we've been talking about a lot on stream is you got to play the scenario. You have to play the scenario. So one way to combat ships that are hard to kill or ships that hit like a truck, all right, obviously you got to survive. There's nothing – if you brought all one agility ships and, they, and they're low health and you keep popping off, that's on you, okay? But, but – um, if you play this scenario, you give yourself the best chance. If you see a Vader on the other side of the board and it's not chance engagement, the correct choice may be to not shoot that Vader. You know, mm -hmm. you just do the scenario action. Focus on making sure that you are collecting scenario points because, man, we have seen so many games, Will, so many games where somebody just locks on like, oh, I got to get a shot. I got to get a shot. No, mm -hmm. you don't mm -hmm. have to get a shot. In fact, in fact, if you're – okay, I think probably the most infuriating one I've seen is you got like – even if you don't – you can't see the timer. You've been playing for 50-ish minutes and you just got the first shield off of Vader because you shot, decided to shoot him for the first time, it's not worth it anymore. No. You go in early if you're going to, but if you don't do it within the first two rounds, maybe the third round, you haven't done something to Vader, leave it. Unless you got like five proton torpedoes which i don't even know if it's even possible in the game right now but you would have you, you need to get this. five proton rockets mm, I, don't, I don't even know i think you need to follow-up <laughs> shots <laughs> i'm saying you could get five proton rockets i the, feel the, like if dice. the defender vader player lets you have five proton rockets they've done something wrong <laughs> they, <laughs> they deserve to get shot pop pop you know. done something really well <laughs> i <laughs> So you're saying uh, when playing against Vader, yeah, always got to calculate in. Essentially, take his points, whether it's six, seven, or nine, and just make that your goal for yep, make that up in the objectives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the only thing I'll I'll caution against that though a, a little bit, you know, to your point, you were saying that you do that when it's uh, you know you're you're into the game, you you've taking your shots of opportunity here and there and then you finally did some damage and that does that's not just raider uh defender raider but that's like again if it's your if, if you've ignored bosk or if you're ignored uh boba or or Django or, or something and you're starting to take that first shield off midway or after the midway yeah ignore it but um i do think it is a valid strategy and even important to dissuade the defender vader from being a little bit too gun-ho and saying and taking a turn even if you're not planning on killing it just taking a turn to point all guns over there even if you're planning on disengaging the exact next turn just to set something like hey if, if you're going to put your vader in that spot i'm going to take three four shields off of it or i'm going to like really like i'm going to come after him and make that defender vader start trying to kite start trying to uh do something else other than just pummel you um because if you leave it ignored and they know you're going to ignore him all they're going to do is they're going to start they're going to get to the point where they're not even doing the threes to get the free evade they're just going to one bank and, and and just stay on your butt um so you do got you do have to play a little bit of that um you know cat and mouse game being like like if, if you want to play that game i'll play that game 
and make sure that you know defender vader is at least trying to play a little cagey versus just being like no i'm going to be in front of you the whole time um i i have generally a much more different mindset again scenario dependent my list dependent when i'm bringing i think everyone and i i doubt a majority of the people are actually going to listen to this because they won't do the next part you have to look at your list in every matchup you go against in every high point most cost ship you see on the opponent's side of the board do i reasonably have enough firepower to kill this ship and still win the game Ooh, that, you can that, have that the last part is important because <laughs> you can still have the firepower to kill a vader but to do that over turns multiple turns you start prioritizing it you lose your scenario points you lose out on killing opposing ships those opposing ships are hanging out around longer shooting you along with defender vader that's when it's going to hurt you that's when you're going to lose that's when vader is going to escape and you're not even even though you had the firepower you went too hard on a ship that reasonably you did not have to kill now i think i i I partially agree like you there is some points in the game where you point at vader or make him think about should i like if you if you also have an i6 should i care about the like make your opponent think the roll rule if, if it doesn't benefit me am i gonna be in a little bit of trouble like should i like respect that poe that anakin that Django, etc etc most of the times no defender vader so tanky yes it is but um i think for me there's a lot more credence to if i see defender vader i'm expecting not a lot of ships on the board that are gonna eat it or to clarify if i see defender vader if they have five to six ships on the board it's because they brought a bunch of piddly little tie fighters right and i understand what those are for objectives or getting in the way of stuff blocking etc but if they have more commonly four ships what i've seen um and honestly i think one of defender vader's best friends is captain Faroff with seventh sister being a reaper disrupting things medium base jamming potentially jamming twice with seventh sister when vader's juking um that's that's a very nasty combo but um i've seen a few people bring vader and the boys your your, your stab or mauler plus a plus a reaper or multiple combinations i basically i want to kill everything except vader Right. By that point, I have enough ships on the board where I can comfortably say, I think I can kill everything but Vader. And then I'm going to do it while I try and maintain scenarios. Because if I do try and go after Vader, I'm probably giving up some scenario points just to be able to attempt that, whether I succeed in it's a whole other story. Um, on the flip side with Yavin Vader, and I think we're. I think I'm just generally going to skip out a lot of talking about 7.x1 Vader because it's barely uh, being I'm, used. I'm starting to call it Pattern Analyzer Vader because that's, that's really seems what you to get. Be, that's benefit. Yeah, unless you're trying to go like Shattering Trick, the reason you're bringing that seven point is for Pattern, so you can do the Talon roll, lock, uh, focus, boost, uh, and all before you get a stress. 
Yeah. Um, I think just what Boy Vader gives you in the squad building department means a couple things. If you that Vader is actually still pretty hard to kill. Three shields, three hull, three mm -hmm. agility, three force with hate. That's hard to kill. That's not an easy task. Um, it's not as hard as Defender Vader. It's not as hard as maybe some other ships out there. It's not easy. And he's six. He's only six points, and people only. That's still on the high end. Well, yeah, but when you kill him, it's not game-ending. It's not, oh, I've lost the game, even though we haven't actually got to 20 yet. Um, it's not oh, I lost most of my entire offense in my list type of thing. And it still takes a lot to kill him. He's not hes not so uh, expensive or cheap where you can just ignore him like Defender Vader or try to ignore him. I think in both cases, that's where you send a ship to disrupt them. Your Whispers, Marcella, you take. You just send one Whisper over to an X-1 Vader, even a Defender Vader, and just be like, I'm going to be there just jamming away. <laughs> I'm jamming you. I'm just sticking to you. Being a little buddy. Just jamming over and over. Just being a little annoyance. My four-point thing, or three-point thing, for some other things that are three, or two points, BB-8, that can jam. Um, become very, use very useful for their time, even if it's just jamming an opposing ace and just being a disruptor. Or blocking. As we know, blocking is still very disruptive, even if you can take the stress focus. Uh, so, what uh, are you guys, uh, is there a certain tech that you're trying to put into your lists uh, to, now, I mean, Vader is similar in the fact that he's a high initiative, high dam damage output ace, right? But uh, is there something that you're putting in your list to combat a ship like that um my example my go-to right now uh, as a vader hunter is Django, specifically notorious false transponder coat Django. uh whether i get initiative or lose it or not initiative player order uh i get a win either way either i get to see where vader goes or i get notorious if he tries to shoot me mm. assuming he doesn't arc dodge me uh, and that has, especially that false transponder code to deal with the regular Vaders, um, the non-defender ones. Uh, but even the defender ones, if you can get that evade off of them to weaken their uh, both their attack and their defense is a great way uh, for me to be able to combat it. Uh, is there something that you guys are reaching for? You mentioned other I6s. Is that the way to go? I think for for me, when I'm playing, I like to always have something that hits really hard. You know, we were joking about proton torpedoes, proton rockets, but having even just one, one thing that's a four-dice attack can at least, for some Vader players, not all, those that, that they feel very, very confident, they, they, they have that Vader-like confidence, this may not scare them. But I would say for your average player, if you're holding on to a proton torpedo or a proton rocket, they're at least going to like think half a second before they five forward boost into your face. I, th I think... Um 
don't build against it have a plan against it with what you are bringing um because you may plan the worst thing is um especially in the old days uh when it was more you know the meta was a little bit more linear and there was a, not linear more narrow and you would plan against something and then you would go eight rounds without seeing it mm. and now you play you know you planned against something so just have a plan against it but don't build against it uh and the plan would be um mostly if, if you if you've got a low initiative or mid initiative list just make sure that you understand which ships um you know well like brian said earlier make sure you understand how much damage output you can actually put out to see if you can realistically kill something or not mm -hmm. and then also make sure that you practice your uh your blocking and again it's it at this point it's, it doesn't really become an offensive block like you're not trying to block something in order to kill it you're trying to block something in order to mitigate its effectiveness. It won't be able to take actions to capture objectives. It won't be able to boost a barrel roll to get into a position to kill something. It won't be able to target lock in order to. So just practice your 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 locking and things like that. Not your, your locking, your blocking. If you have a high initiative, uh, make sure that you understand whether you can trade with it or not, and whether you need to send your little minions out there first and just you know so just have a plan uh it's a long way of saying have a plan but don't don't build against it because i do not feel that we have we have archetypes but we don't have a true boogie man we're gonna go through archetypes but. true true and I, and I i would say like uh well anakin 7b poe as well um, there, there's other ships that do something similar to Vader um, that you're definitely going to see as well uh, flying out there. Even the equivalent of like Luke, who's kind of hard to hit and can hit you back very hard. Uh, so I like that though. Like if you have a filler ship, make sure you use it. If you uh, are more objective orientated, make sure you're uh, doing. Uh, utilizing uh, the pieces that you bring uh is there is there anything uh that we're missing as far as what vader is trying to do uh I, I, within his own squad well i think that's the big the biggest thing that we're missing is we've talked about vader and how to deal with vader and why you know and this conversation has has carried heavily into the um defender vader more than what honestly we'll probably see but we I haven't talked we, about we is see the, more boy yeah i yeah, agree what we're that. not talking about is the the uh the list like what what archetypes and what lists mm, are they fitting into i know that we've got the um uh, the one that like Jeremy Chamberlain and those people have been flying. Those been, yeah, the Ubles. One of them that I ran into in a just random practice a few weeks ago. I actually have not played X-Wing in like three weeks. So I played just the Sector Series. It's the only games I've been playing for like the last month. But um, one that I ran into a few weeks ago that I, I just kind of surprised me at like one of those like you could fit that was uh <laughs> rexler 
Brath in the Defender, uh, Vessery in the Defender, and Boy Vader. Uh, you mm -hmm. can also swap out Vessery for Volt, so you can get 655. Yeah. But basically, two Defenders mm -hmm. plus Darth Vader. And both defenders are juking, and uh, if you take the Vessery one because of Vader's target lock, he's getting target lock rerolls. Like the amount of damage that it was able to put out, and the amount of damage it was able to mitigate just because of all the free evades and force and three agility was insane. Like I, I was able to get, I think. I think it was like two, at least one, if not two games in Sector Series. I've I won with Volt, um, uh, Rexler, and Boy Vader. I've mm. seen people swap in one of those seven point ones for Morna Key as uh -huh. well uh, to just throw some beef out there and along with them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I played the Vestry one, and the Vestry one was interesting because uh, Vader the. It made like Vader kind of bugging out, bugging out a little bit to reposition because it's basically the easiest one to kill. It made mm -hmm. him still be useful because it was just basically giving Vessery free, free rerolls sure. the entire time. Yeah, it was, it was pretty mean. I mean, Vader can be a good bait. Uh, borderline unlimited force, a couple afterburners charges, moving at I six. Uh, can get in and out of combats. Uh, that's interesting. What um, other ones are you seeing? Uh, I mean, of course, you have your tie swarms, right? Mm -hmm. Your your mini swarms now. They're, I don't think you can fit the full like five or six that you used to be able to. Uh, but uh, I think Iden and like uh, Moff Gideon are still going to be around uh, to help Vader hit extra hard. Um, We've seen what was uh what was it's an interceptor Feroth and the filler tie, uh, we saw oh, defender, uh, with the final defender Vader, yeah mm -hmm. second sister interceptor yeah yeah so I, I mean that's you have a lot of limited options with defender Vader, um but yeah that's that's what I think is yeah more scary about the boy Vader is that. You have 14 points to play with. I uh, essentially get a whole extra ship, ship and a half sometimes, uh, versus the Defender Vader. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, have you seen any? Uh, well, you, you said Ubo before, um, with Ubo and the boys, essentially. Yeah, uh, is there really anything else that's like, jumped up? So that, that list specifically, Boy Vader, Stabber, Mauler, both from Yavin, Ubel in the Thai Brute and a, a generic Thai Fighter. Um, so that's what uh, Jeremy Chambly had been successful with, both at PAX and uh, LVO. And then, uh, I mean, so baseline, the popularity difference between Boy Vader and uh, Defender Vader is big. Uh, we talk about how scary Defender Vader is, but the chance of you actually matching up against a Defender Vader based on estimates only, not obviously fact, because this hasn't happened yet. Um, your likelihood of facing a Defender Vader at Worlds in Swiss, granted we have a lot more Swiss rounds now, is uh, drastically lower. Like, you're probably going to more likely face multiple Yav invaders than you are a single Defender Vader. Absolutely. Um, so what that also means is you should be 
prepping more for Yavin Vader, but, you know, have a plan for everything, as you should. Um, in terms of other list types, I've seen people go with um, Yavin Vader, Mauler Stabber, Theroth or Vizier, and then Gideon or Iden. Um, I prefer the Gideon Theroth instead of the uh, Vizier or Iden. Mm -hmm. um, it's people have tried and it was one of the first things I tried too. Um, I did with the boys stabber mauler just to like, these are now four hull and uh, tie fighters that also have to have an Iden charge be, be put through, but it is really weird to yeah. move Iden around with those uh, tie fighters. When those tie fighters want to go fast, use their afterburners, get in the fight flank do, and just be really aggressive. And I didn't really can't do that really well without being a sort of tether that they don't really want to follow. So, um, I, I think be that a very good solo objective carrier, though. A one hundred percent, yes. Yeah. Um, but then I look at a regular generic Tie Fighter at two points to just say you can probably do the job that Item was going to do, and yeah, you don't hang around like Item does. But if you just plan your pathing well and just not avoid the fight and just go score some objective points. You do your little job, tiny tie farmer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just over here collecting points. Yeah, just a humble farmer. Love um, it. I I think I don't know. You're more Desi savvy than I am, Will. But what what? Uh, how many points fits after Morna and Vader? Is it seven? Um, I assume you're talking boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, the yeah, boy, you get 14 points. So two seven-point ships. Um, essentially, Backstabber and Mauler are a seven-point ship. Mm -hmm. um, so you really do, like, that's kind of interesting, like, when, wh why, wh how you can build around him that ends up being, like, groups of seven. Uh, Magva and Juno. Um, you have Countdown and Gideon. Uh, Moff Gideon. Right, you get a lot of different variety in there. I think that uh, we're gonna see uh, a lot of those boys, but um, I'm not sure if we'll uh, if people will be reaching for like more obscure ships like Ubel because it's hard to fly. Countdown can be hard to fly as well. Um, if you're taking a lot of stress, you can get trapped. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, maybe if there's a secret tech out there. Uh, so, uh, Dion. Yep. Uh, we didn't talk about the crew Vader, but you can't put the crew Vader on a decimator as well. Uh, but we've we've seen less and less double desis uh, since um, Gen Con, at least. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've they've died down in popularity for sure. I mean, we LVO was our last big tournament that we were at. Mm -hmm. Battle of Yavin Beaver was everywhere, everywhere. You think about how often you saw it on stream. It was more prevalent <laughs> than that than that even. It was hard to dodge for me, and I get to choose my matchup. Okay, <laughs> think about it that way. 
but um but yeah this was a, this was a great discussion we're definitely going to be seeing a lot of vader not surprised he's a uh, a main character for the series so uh, i think amg's getting what they wanted right they want the movie characters to be good we're talking about darth vader uh we're talking about anakin skywalker same person but you know what i mean different pilot in the game um you know we'll we'll talk about some more of the of the of the boogie pilots next week but uh you know i think uh darth vader was a perfect one to start off with because 100 percent 100 percent will be seen no no doubts no doubts if you if you manage not to to not play vader um I, I'm impressed. I'll give you a thumbs up. I want up. to know what universe you came from. <laughs> you were probably playing Vader. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right, everybody. Well, continue to prep for Worlds. Make sure that you get your components checked out. If you're in Sector Series Top Cut, or if you were close to the cut, make sure to check Discord for all of those notifications. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And uh, we will see you at worlds we'll see you next week for episode 300 i keep people keep asking are you doing anything special for episode 300 dion what do you we want should. we should <laughs> you're we right should. I, 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 I don't got time i got time i don't got time to plan anything special why 300 i don't know it's it, like, like what's special about 300 it's because it's 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 like a big number the hundred three times. Well, three hundred and one is a bigger number. Well, I yeah, mean, but it's not an iconic number. Well, three thirty three would I'll be. I'll try to think number. of something. I, I mean, at, at episode three, number. Uh, one, two, we should definitely have Nick on. But that's about. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head right now. Oh, chilling guy, good throwback. He said, "What about a town hall? We did that for episode one hundred. Oh man, that's a throwback." Just like have like people call in to the show. Can you uh, on Discord? March. Can is you next? Is it next week? Yeah, yeah, it's next week oh. on Discord. Can you? Uh, I guess you could just upload a voice file, like leave a voicemail on our Discord. We have to pre-screen those though. We would have to pre-screen them. Mm. Interesting. Maybe we'll send a call out. Maybe we'll see what people want. <laughs> All right, everybody. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, just some balloons. Maybe we'll paint miniatures. You know. <laughs> maybe. All right, everybody. Thanks for watching, and uh, be smart and be safe. Gold Squadron. <laughs> <laughs>